You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, on Tuesdays, and believe me, today more so than many times in the past, I really appreciate him being here, and that's, of course, a good morning to Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you? I'm doing great. Went to the fair and rodeo last week, and... uh, How was it? It was good. You know, uh, when I was growing up, uh, you worked all summer, and going to the fair and rodeo was kind of like the first hello to your old friends before school started, so... Uh, anyway, yeah, it was good to run into people and friends and family, and it was good. Well, good. I'm glad everything yep. went well. Yep. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about a guy, and I'm going to step out here and say I'm going to bet hardly anybody has heard of this guy. You, you know, I've kept track, and for the last four <laughs> weeks you've said I've that. said that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, you just tell me, have you heard of a guy named Matt Nelson? I know a Matt Nelson that used no, to play for the University no, of Wisconsin, not but him. no, I don't know him. Okay. <laughs> well, we're, you know, I like this story because this was written, this comes from the magazine Frontier Times that was, uh, this uh, was in 1967. Oh, really? So about 50 years ago, and there was a guy that interviewed this guy uh, years before that, before he died. So that's So I like this because there's some actual quotes and stuff from... This Matt Nelson himself. So I kind of like this. So I'm going to set the scene here, Zeb. Now just picture this. It's dark. Lightning split the darkness. uh, Spotlighting two night herders flailing away with leaded quirts in an effort to control their milling herd. It required only one more flash, followed by a blast of thunder, to touch off a mad stampede. The mass of cattle shot out with the two cowboys yelling and trying to corral the herd. Remember, Zeb, it's dark. You can't see much. It was hopeless. The cowboys dug in their spurs and veered sharply away as the spoot cattle uh, rumbled across the prairie. Several times during the wild ride, the cowboys almost had been thrown as their horses swerved or took long leaps, landing with jolts that kind of rattled the teeth of the riders. Well, they sat there on their uh, panting horses until the noise of the stampede died away. Then they dismounted, unsaddled their tired horses. They flopped on the wet ground using saddles for pillows and protected from the rain by their yellow slickers and their soggy Stetsons. So the cattle were gone. Okay. You know, I want to make a comment, though. Did you really ever think about how dangerous, oh. absolutely death-defying it was uh, during a stampede? And they happened mostly at night. Yeah. You know, well, so at dawn, they got up to a fresh, bright day, saddled up and rode off to find the chuck wagon and grub and to get help for ran, rounding up the scattered herd. As they retraced the course of the stampede, the cowboys were amazed at the way their horses had carried them safely across some of the places. One particularly treacherous uh, stretch was across a prairie dog town oh. with all these burrows. And oh. these horses were able to somehow miss them. No broken legs? Yeah. 
and uh, this is where the horses had done the dodging and how they and the cattle ever made it uh, at top speed in the darkness. That's that's kind of a miracle oh, and a mystery. Oh, my. And still uh, is to this guy named Matt Nelson. After all these years, Matt uh, was then just a young kid of 16. He was the younger of the two who made this wild ride that stormy night. Anyway, they came to other spots on their ride, back where gullies and small streams uh, cut up the, the terrain. And these were the places where the, the cowboys had taken the jolts, you know, as the horses jumped. And, and, you know, when a horse jumps across something and when they hit, it, it kind of jolts you. Yeah, you know, if you've never and ever appreciated the jumping classes at various horse shows, yeah. try going over some of those jumps that are over six feet tall. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. Well, Matt's partner that night was a guy named Bruce Norton. He was about 19, so three years older. They were working for the figure four outfit in Texas about 100 miles southwest of Quanah. Mm-hmm. And he says, quote, a polecat started the whole thing. That's really? what Matt said. Really? He said, in riding night herd, one man rides around the bedded down cattle in one direction, and the other circles it the other way. When you meet your partner, you always stop and talk a little bit in kind of low tone so as to not disturb the cattle. Well, Matt goes on. He says, on one round, when I reached a certain point, I got a strong whiff of skunk. Uh oh. This is bad medicine, and when next I met Bruce, I told him to keep a sharp eye on the cattle when he got around to that place. When we circled once more, he reported that some of the cattle were on their feet, they were starting to mill around a little bit, and that sure wasn't a good sign, so we both rode back to see if we could settle them down. By the time we reached the place, most of the herd around there was milling, and more were getting up all the time. That's when we started trying to keep them circling so as to maybe settle them down again. You know, if you could get them circling, then they wouldn't be taken off. Right. Then he goes on, he says, but other things were against us. All afternoon it had been sultry. A lot of thunderheads were hanging in the sky. About dusk, a big black cloud stretched clear across the horizon in the northwest. We could see lightning. We got the cattle bedded down. There were 3,000 head, but some of them were sniffing the air from time to time. As darkness fell, the lightning increased. Distant thunder was growing louder. Then a cold breeze blew in. Right after this, I smelled the polecat, and that's when our trouble began. Have you ever been in Texas during a really bad thunderstorm? I've never really been in Texas. I've been in Texas a lot, and with the flatlands and everything. And when they get severe thunderstorms with a lot of lightning, you can understand why there were so many stampedes. And so all of a sudden, the smelling of a skunk was just enough to set these cattle off. You know, well, it was in the spring of '94 when this stampede on the figure four took place. Uh, Matthews Nelson, or Matt Nelson, had moved with his family uh, from a plantation uh, near Nashville, Tennessee, to Quanah, Texas, mm-hmm. and that's where his dad got work as a veterinarian. And 12-year-old Matt. Uh, kind of red-headed, green-eyed, and with a disposition to match, I couldn't be satisfied with town life. That says it all. <laughs> you kind of get a picture of this guy? Yeah. Anyway, he's seen uh, a lot of cowboys riding in out of Quanah, this town. And by Never, the way, you know about Quanah, Texas. Well, I know about Quanah Parker. Quanah Parker, and sure. it was named after. Right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he was not a shy kid, uh, and he found out from some of the cowboys that the figure four ranch uh, with headquarters on a place called Deer Creek. Matt had just turned 13 when he lit out for the figure four. 
The foreman took to the kid and gave him an old cow horse to practice on, and practice he did. It wasn't long before he had a lariat and was pestering everybody to show him how to handle a rope. He learned quickly soon he was riding the range and helping out in every way possible. So young Matt Nelson had become a Texas cowhand, a real dyed-in-the-wool cowboy. So from time to time, he worked on other ranches, uh, just uh, couldn't seem to stay put in any one place for long. He figured the best way to learn the, the cowboy trade was to see how different spreads operated. So he moved around. Mm-hmm. He worked on one called the John Good Ranch for a while and for the Bar X uh, Bar X Bar Ranch, uh, actually for no wages, just to get to learn how to be a cowboy, how to work, work cattle. You s- said they were from what, Tennessee? Originally, yeah. I see, yeah. okay. Yeah. But he said, I followed the chuck wagon, branded cattle, roped, broke horses, rode night herd, did anything a cowhand is called on to do. And here's what he goes on to say. He says, each man was given eight horses, one of mine was a dun, and what a... He he says, what a booger he was. (laughs) That's putting it lightly, right? Every morning when I topped him or got on, he'd come apart, and I'd almost have to break him all over again. He'd bog his head down and buck a while before settling down to work. But when he finally did get lined out, there was no foolishness about him. He was as steady as a clock. (laughs) Yeah, but it's the preliminaries that get you. (laughs) That's right. So now Matt's 15 years old. He'd become so good with the rope that the boss put him to rope and cattle for Brandon. As an animal was driven by, the boy would toss a loop on a hind foot. He roped most of 2,000 head with very few misses. That's pretty good. That's a lot of yeah, cattle. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to, to get the, the, the hind feet, that's, that's tough. Now, Matt, was, uh, Matt has killed many a rattlesnake with a quirt, which is a kind of a, uh, how should we describe it? A leather, like, leather bat that yeah. you wear around your wrist. Yeah, and, and uh, kind of a whip type thing yeah. kind of on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, in the old days, almost every cowboy that was working cattle had those curts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was about 16 when he killed his first one. Uh, uh, Anyway, he says, in describing how this dangerous stunt is done, Matt said that uh, that tale about a rattler striking a long distance or sort of leaping is humbug. All it can do is strike about half its length, and the movement isn't very fast. I don't want to measure. I do not want to be anywhere near. (laughs) So here's what he says. You take your quirt. And you slap him lightly across the face with the leather tips. Slap him lightly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And now, what does that make the snake do? Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh. This makes him draw back tighter. Then you torment him again in the same way. And he tenses uh, still more, getting madder. Now you slap him again. And you reverse your quirt real quick. Holding it with the handle forward for a club, you can almost count on rattler striking on this third time. And as his head darts out, out, you crack him right back of the head with the quirt handle. It's easy after you get the hang of it. <laughs> after you, this is from the book Snakeology. <laughs> You know, Zeb, I've told you before, me and snakes do not. Oh, oh I, uh, no, not me. No, 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 no. Anyway, so anyway, Matt was well acquainted with Bill McDonald, who was captain of the Texas Rangers, and with Quanta Parker, the noted Comanche. Uh, when Matt was about 18 years old, he witnessed a kind of an exciting event in Quanta, the home of this Captain McDonald, the Texas Ranger captain. What happened was the captain, McDonald, uh, there were rumors uh, 
that uh, McDonald, that the sheriff was after his job and was taking every opportunity to kind of put down this Captain McDonald because he wanted his job. Mm-hmm. Okay, this wasn't good. So the captain actually lost no time in notifying the sheriff to let him know exactly what he had in mind. Well, when uh, Matt caught the first uh, train to Quana and came straight uh, from the station to find the captain, this was easy because McDonald saw him coming and they went out to meet. Uh-oh. So here we have Uh-oh. the sheriff and the captain uh, in a standoff. Yeah. Now, young Matt was standing by the corner of a grocery store as the two men approached each other. The sheriff of Hardman County, who was with uh, 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 McDonald, uh, didn't have to guess what might happen. So here you got a sheriff between these two guys. Mm-hmm. All right, which is not a good place no, to be. No, it's not. Now, when the lawmen uh, were about thirty feet apart, they stopped. Uh, McDonald said, "I understand you made certain statements about me to the governor that you had no cause to make." And Matthews said, "That's a darn lie." Uh, and that's darn, the exact that's word. That's the exact word. Uh huh. As they started to move a little closer, the Hardman County Sheriff stepped between them, talking to both in an effort to try to stop any bloodshed. Well, the two were not happy with each other. <laughs> you're, you're really making this sound like a mild picnic. <laughs> well, let me keep going. So the two angry men, they were kind of eyeing each other over pretty slowly, uh, and they got a little closer and a little closer, and uh, the would-be peacemaker, uh, undoubtedly no coward, was still trying to talk sense to the men when suddenly he dropped flat on the ground as two six-guns exploded at the same time. Oh. He stayed down on the ground as 12 shots split the air and as Matt who was watching this said it was almost like one big roar the shots came that close together now wait a minute 12 whoa, 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 shots whoa 12 shots 12, they weren't Six very good shots <laughs> well oh, they there were some that made it no. <laughs> <laughs> when it was over three men lay on the ground three three the, the sheriff that was trying to stop it he he hit the ground he yeah was, but he didn't get shot did no, he no no but he was Playing it safe. He finally realized he was in a bad place. Yeah, just get out of the way. Oh. Well, uh, one of them slowly got to his feet and stood looking down at the others. The audience of this drama of the Southwest had moved in close now. Someone had summoned the only doctor in town while awaiting his arrival. Willing hands of Qantas citizens were trying to care for their ranger captain. They liked him. Uh-huh. Two bullets had struck him in the chest. Oh, my. A plug of Star Navy chewing tobacco in his vest pocket saved him by lessening the impact of the bullets. Uh-huh. Another slug had broken his right collarbone. Another, the left one. Uh, there were two more holes in other parts of his body at such close range it was hard to miss. So he got what shot? Five times? Six. Six times? Yeah, yeah. two in the chest, two in the shoulders. And, and one in the tobacco. And, yeah. Well, the doctor made a temporary repair on Captain McDonald, stopped the bleeding, gave orders that he'd be taken home. Holy moly. Now, Sheriff Matthews uh, had six bullets in his body. Uh, no one was showing him any attention. They didn't like this guy. Well, now that's obvious. Yeah. So uh, the gritty man had struggled to his feet and walked 
uh, from the center of the street to the edge where he sat down. Now, Matt, he was again, he was watching this. He felt sorry for this lone man who, badly wounded, had been deserted by the crowd that was now following uh, the wagon where uh, the ranger captain was being taken to his So home. the one guy ends up, how many times was he shot? Uh, I think I'll get to that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the youngster, Matt, walked over to Matthew's side and stood watching him as he slowly removed one boot. A boot. A boot. And with a painful effort, tossed it aside. He did the same with the other. Matt said the sheriff, could, he says, can I help you over to the hotel? Well, the officer nodded that that would be okay. Then with some difficulty said, you know, I promised my wife I would never die with my boots on. <laughs> you got to be so kidding So he's sitting there, boots off, Matt's standing there with him. So Matt uh, picked up the boots with his right hand, and with his left, he helped the weakened lawman to his feet. Matthews leaned heavily against him. Uh, Matt, who supported him as they slowly made their way to the Carter Hotel. The doctor had patched up Captain McDonald enough that he could be left. Uh, then he came to the hotel, and with a wire, he probed for a slug that had struck the sheriff in the stomach and lodged against his backbone. So he oh got a wire goodness to find the, the bullet. Now this done, he looked up at Matt and kind of shook his head like he's saying, uh, this guy, he's not going to make it. He's not going to, it's not going to happen. And Sheriff Matthews uh, kept his promise. He died without his boots on. He did die. He died. He was gone. And they he, didn't have any anesthetic back then. No. He, he, well, you know, at that point, he was pretty well out of it with five or six bullets in him. Holy yeah. cow. So now Matt soon found all wasn't uh, working, no play at the time in a cowboy's life. And you know what, Zeb? I've got enough. I'm going to just finish this next week. But I'm going to, I think I've got enough to. Uh, Tell this next little story. All okay, right. uh, yeah, I got about three minutes left. Okay, uh, an Easterner sent his 20, uh, 20 year old son to the figure four to learn the cattle business. Uh huh. So, a greenhorn, okay, to get him toughened up. Uh-huh. Now, the figure four foreman was to receive a monthly check from the father, which was to be paid to his son as wages. This was to be kept a secret, of course. His father also gave instructions to, quote, give the boy the works. Not to go easy on him in anything. Now, being near the same age of the young Easterner, Matt was selected by the foreman to meet him and bring him to the ranch. But Matt was not alone. This promised to be a good chance for a little fun. So some of the other uh, cowhands went along to, quote, escort the tenderfoot back on the long trip from Quanah to the figure four. And things you, happen. And, and things are going to happen. Yeah. Well, when the train pulled in, Matt was standing near, ready to greet the newcomer, while in the background, the other boys were kind of laughing and speculating as to what this New Yorker would look like. As it turned out, he was kind of a slender, uh, kind of the epitome of neatness in his tailor-made suit, and he was wearing spats. Oh, you know what spats are? I do. I do. The, for our listeners, it's kind of a covering over the ankle yeah. of the and the feet. Yeah. So Matt kind of gulped a few times, put out his hand, and said, "I'm Matt Nelson, the former of the figure four sent me to meet you." And he says, "I'm Mr. Gregory of New York. My father said some of you cattle boys would meet me here and furnish me an escort to the ranch. Escort. And that's where we're going to leave it, Zeb. Uh-huh. <laughs> so stay tuned next week, folks, because uh, there's uh, a little fun uh, being cooked up by the figure four boys to uh, for this uh, green hand New Yorker. Now, you 
they're saying that this is kind of a validated uh, story. Right. Yeah, this was an interview that actually happened probably 100 years ago. Really? Yeah, and it was just first published in 1960, what did I say, 67. Well, what happened to the guy that got shot six times that uh, lived? You know, I don't know that he lived. Oh. Uh, oh. It didn't comment on whether or not he made it or not. Now, the sheriff that was in between those two guys, i got to find this out. He never did get shot, right? No, he... He was laying on the ground. He hit the dirt. Ah, smart sheriff. Smart. <laughs> he was. Okay. So was next week, folks, it. tune in. Tune in, and it will continue. Yes. Okay. Will the young man make it to the ranch being unscathed? <laughs> okay, we'll see. You'll like that. All right. Thank you. You bet. Very, very much. Dr. History. And by the way, are you getting a lot of comments and a lot of calls? You know, and I haven't lo- gotten any for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, folks, just go to my webpage, doctor-history.com, and under comments, just, you know, send me a, a little note. Or if you have an idea or if I mispronounce something, I'm always open for suggestions. Well, I'll tell you what. I always appreciate your great stories. And this one is going to be continued under the headline of Matt Nelson, right? The saga continues. The saga continues. Yes. And he's going to teach the Greenhorn how to be a cowboy. Yeah. It, it'll turn out maybe a little different than you about what you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. Is it the cowboy in the continental suit? I, I, I don't know. The song? <laughs> oh. I, I did, I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it during the break. Okay. Anyway, thank you very you much. Bet. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Dr. History, and we'll have him back for the continuation of the saga next Tuesday.